before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and as always, I just want to say thank you for inviting me into your day today. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I'm going to share a quote with you that I recently saw that resonated with me. And this quote says, never underestimate the power of dreams and the influence of the human spirit. We are all the same in this notion, the potential for greatness lives within each one of us. Those beautiful words come to us from Wilma Rudolph, who was an American sprinter who overcame childhood polio and went on to become a world record holding Olympic champion and international sports icon in track and field following her successes in the 1956 and 1960 Olympic Games. All right, my friends, we are here to learn from the most fabulous Katie Klein. Now, before Katie dove into the short-term rental industry, she spent a career working at some of the most luxurious hotel brands in the world. And we dive deep into how she's leveraging her experience working for five-star hotel brands and injecting that into her short-term rental business. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Katie. So today we are joined by Katie Klein, and I know that you are absolutely going to love hearing from this phenomenal lady. Katie, thank you so much for being with us. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Stacey, for having me. So first, let's have you share a little bit about who you are and the industry that you've worked in over the last several years. Absolutely. Um, As you said, I'm Katie Klein. I have had the privilege of working for hotel companies such as Married International and Starwood Hotels and Resorts, both in New York and London. And I'm a fairly new STR owner and investor. I just closed on the first property in February of 2023. But a lot of the insights and learnings that I've had from my time working in the hotel space have been super applicable to the STR world that we all know and love. And that's what I'm so excited to dive in with you today about is how can we as short-term rental owners and uh, hosts really learn from the best practices and processes and focus on the guests that the hotel world has? So I'm really excited to have this discussion. I'm curious, what made you enter into the world of short-term rentals? 
I think the hospitality industry is just the best industry in the world. Um, from my time working in hotels and traveling and visiting our properties all around the world, I just always felt really taken care of. And that wasn't because I was a fellow associate. That was because that's what we do. It's it's in the word, hospitality, right? And I absolutely include the short-term rental industry in that. I think what risk uh, people run if they come at this from a real estate investment point of view is putting the asset at the center of their strategy, as opposed to putting the guest experience at the center of their strategy. So if you think of any vacation that you've taken with family or friends to a short-term rental, you don't necessarily come home talking about the furnace or the fridge. Now, you might if it didn't work, absolutely, and that's a whole other topic to cover, but you probably talk about the connections that you built and, and the experiences that you had together, whether it be staying up till 3 a.m., dancing to the record player, sitting around playing board games, laughing together, watching movies together. So I think coming from the hotel world, I loved the idea of putting people first. Personally, for me, we, my husband and I had been living in the UK for about five and a half years, and we had to move back to the U.S. Um, unfortunately, my mother is quite sick. Um, and we were moving back to the New York City area because that's where we had lived before and it's very close to my parents. But as you can imagine, the real estate market here is quite crazy price-wise. And, you know, we're not sure if this is necessarily where we want to be long-term. So we thought this could be a really exciting moment to start our short-term rental investment journey. And we had, since we started dating, you know, 15 plus years ago, we had spent many summers camping in Lake George, um, in the tent, on the ground. <laughs> and we always said, wouldn't it be nice if one day we could own a place here? So that's really how we got started. Um, we found the most perfect place online before we had actually moved on Zillow. And just before Christmas, um, it went off the market. It, someone had made an offer that had been accepted. And I just had that feeling of, it's going to come back to us. I'm not worried. And we landed back in the States last December 30th. By January 3rd, we were viewing the property because it did the deal did fall through. And by January 4th, we had made an offer that had been accepted. So it was quite a whirlwind, but has been such a labor of love um, and an amazing way to dive headfirst into this world. Yeah, I love that story. And to your point about camping, I camped a lot as a young girl, and I am not one that I like bugs or outhouses. And so we actually took our boys camping years ago. I'm talking 15 years ago. And ever since then, every time my husband wants to go camping, I am magically busy that weekend. <laughs> I'm finding something to do that weekend because mama does not like camping. So I love the fact that you're like, I want to get off the ground and actually yes. sleep in a bed at this amazing location. Yes, the location is the same. Everything else is very different, thankfully. <laughs> exactly. Now, I loved what you said about real estate investors approach this with the asset at the forefront of their strategy. And I mean, I'll be very candid with you. That's how I started too. I went into the world of short-term rentals coming from the world of long-term rentals and thinking about it as a real estate investment. And it absolutely is. And it still is. 
However, I quickly fell in love with everything hospitality and the the amazing joy that it brings to be a part of someone making those lifelong memories together. There's nothing like it. I can't even describe it. It's incredible. And it's so fun that you have come from, again, the world of, of hotels where hospitality is kind of in your blood. And now you get to bring that to life for your own guests. That's really cool. We have a long-term rental as well um, in London, the apartment that we were living in there, or I should say flat, um, as the British do. And, you know, I think about that one a lot in terms of it's almost, you want it to be a white box, right? Not necessarily physically white, but you want it to be a kind of raw space that people can envision their life, their stuff fitting into, and I think with short-term rentals, the opposite is true. How can we infuse personality? How can we stand for something? And that's really something I learned from my time in hotels. One of the brands that I, I was lucky to work on was W Hotels. And W Hotels does this so well in the sense that a good brand should give you a visceral reaction. If you walk into a W Hotel anywhere around the world, you're immediately going to feel, oh my gosh, I love this, or wow, not for me. And that's good. That means it stands for something. That means that it's different and it's really um, staying true to who they are. Um, The worst thing I think a brand can be is vanilla because that means you stand for nothing to anyone. Um, And you see that with a lot of hotel brands out there. It's like, well, what are they passionate about as a brand? Travel. Well, yeah, you're a hotel. Of (laughs) Of course you are. But what do you actually stand for? And I think the more that we as SDR owners can think about that, the more we will succeed. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to hear you you say that about the visceral reaction because I totally agree and I've never really thought of it in that approach where with my beach properties, I'm always looking to have people walk in the front door and go, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You know, look at that view. Look how beautiful this place is. And I often scratch my head when I see properties at the beach or in the mountains or anywhere else. And I feel like from a design perspective and, you know, truth be told, I am not an interior designer and you aren't either, right? So I feel like we're allowed to have this conversation. Absolutely. I feel like there is some interior design course out there that tells people to buy the orange pillows with the blue couch, with the chairs that are plastic and have the wooden legs on them, the mid-century modern, where everything looks the same, even as a short-term rental. I'm curious, you know, did that bother you as as much as it bothers me? What you're touching on, I think, is so important. And actually, the the area that we as STRs have a leg up on hotels. So if you go back 20, 30 years, it was the big box hotels that were succeeding. And the, the hotel looked, felt, smelt the same no matter where in the world you were. And that's what travelers wanted. They didn't have the access to social media and video content that could really make you feel like you're there and know what you're getting before you arrived. So if you were taking a big business trip to India or Sri Lanka or someplace just really far for you, you wanted to know that when you arrived, your linens would be clean and you know certain standards would be in place. That's changed. And, and a lot of that, I think, is because of the internet. But when you go to India or when you go to London or when you 
go to New York. You want to feel like you're there. And walking in and out of a home that you've rented does that so much better than walking in and out of a hotel lobby. So I think it is super important that we bring those unique selling points of the destination and of our properties in. And we don't want to go too far. You know, um, where I am in Lake George, I see a lot of red plaid and statues of bears in the decor. I'm not so sure that um, that's what I'd be looking for when when I'm shopping for a short-term rental, but at least they are telling you where you are. Um, And I think that is really important for a point of differentiation. Absolutely. Now, I'm curious from your perspective also when we talk about visceral reaction. What if someone is listening and they have one property in their portfolio, they're not really thinking about themselves as a quote brand, they're just thinking, hey, I've got this property and I posted it on Airbnb and I hope it cash flows every month, right? How does someone in that scenario create or transform their business into something that could create a visceral reaction? Are there certain things that they should be thinking about, like the design, the decor? What about branding and marketing themselves? What are your thoughts on that? Firstly, I I am that person. Um, I have one property right now. And while, of course, we all have dreams of world domination, right now I have one property. So I'm not necessarily thinking about, you know, what is my brand for multiple properties, I'm thinking about what is the brand of that hotel uh, or sorry, of our short-term rental. See, in my head, it's already a hotel. That was like um, a Freudian slip, wasn't it? <laughs> a Freudian slip right there. My my personal hotel. Which it, we do have a joke in the hotel world that, you know, everyone who works in hotels is like, one day when I have my hotel and I can do everything right. Yeah. But the first thing we did was we, we named our house. So we call it Trout Landing. We're on Trout Lake Road. We're in Bolton Landing. So that's kind of how the house came together. And you'd be surprised how even family and friends, you know, they don't say, how's your short-term rental doing? Or how's your Airbnb doing? They say, how's Trout Landing? So I think there is something to name. Secondly, what we did in the hotel world applied really looking at what our unique selling points are. So USP. So if we were opening a new hotel or doing a large scale renovation, the first thing we would do as a team is travel down to that destination. We would really get under the hood of what that destination means. So for a personal trip a few months ago, I was in Huntington Beach, California, and that's really the home of surfing. And if you had a short-term rental or a hotel there, you cannot exist without thinking about surfing, even though I was definitely not there to surf. So really thinking about what that destination means, and then thinking about what your hotel or home has that the competitors don't. So from a hotel perspective, we'd look at, do we have a rooftop pool and nobody else does? Are we the only ones who have suites that cater to multi-generational families? For my home um, in Lake George, I'm not on the lake. I'm about a mile from the lake. So there are houses that are closer and, and even on the water. So what does my home offer my guests? Well, we're on more than six acres. So we have really privacy. We have seclusion. We have nature around us. We have this amazing chalet um look to the actual exterior. And the other thing we have is enough space. So we have four bedrooms. We can um, sleep up to 10 or 12 people. So really big groups of friends or, or, or families to gather together. So when I was thinking about the design of the house, I brought in the, the stones, the woods, the hunter greens, the leathers 
as opposed to necessarily the navy blues and whites that maybe a more nautical or water-facing home would have. Similarly, that same thing is true for my social media channels. You're not going to see an overabundance of photos of the actual lake, even though that is part of the destination, part of the experience that all of my guests will have, because I don't want to misrepresent what I have that stands apart from the competition. There are you know, hundreds of short-term rentals in the Lake George area, and they can all say that they're close to Lake George. So what is it actually that I have that will allow me to stand out? Mm-hmm. I love that. And I'm curious, when it came to naming your property, I know you said you're on a street that's named Trout, you're near a lake that's named Trout. How did you come up with the name of your property? What process did you go through? Or was it something as simple as you and your hubby looked at it and was like, hey, let's go for this one? What, What did that process look like for you? I have to give all the credit to my husband on that one. He is very creative um, (laughs) when it comes to a lot of things. And we're still living in London. We had never physically seen the house, though I had, you know, poured over that Zillow page for probably hundreds of hours at that point. And I said, what would we name it? And he just came up with Trout Landing. And I said, that's great. And the first thing I did after that was check if the Instagram handle was available and check if the URL was available. Um, And both were. Now, literally the next day was when that house went off the market. And I was like, I have this Instagram handle for this house that is gone. But then luckily, a few weeks later, it did come back available again. That's amazing. Amazing. So please tell me that you don't have like trout pillows on the beds. Like it's (laughs) not, it's not an immersive trout experience, correct? It is not an immersive trout experience, (laughs) uh, fortunately or unfortunately. But but to your point, you know, one of the, the big selling features for us is we have this incredible stone fireplace. And we actually had planned to like gray wash it to not modernize it, but kind of make it a bit cleaner. Um, still celebrating the fireplace. And it was only in spending so much time up there to not only see the property, but then do the renovations that we were doing that we were driving around and saw, hang on, this exact Adirondack stone is all over up here. And by by graywashing it, we're actually taking away one of the signature features of the location. So we ended up keeping it as is, and I'm so glad that we did. But um, just proof that you can always change your mind and return things to Home Depot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love that, that you, you know, chose a different path from a decorative standpoint because you wanted to keep it in alignment with the local market. And I think that is so wise of you and and probably, again, inherent in your blood with your experience um, in the hotel world. And I think all the education and training that you've had, I think that's really a great way that you have transitioned and transcended that, transcended it into the short-term rental space because you do want it to feel natural with the local market. I love that. I'm curious. I want to feel natural and find a way to stand out as well too, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. before even purchasing the property, I spent a lot of time on Airbnb, on VRBO and seeing what the competitors looked like and realizing, you know, what is the niche that we can have, which is a bit more upscale, a bit more modern, but still very much in that destination. And I think mm-hmm. that is also one of the beauties of 
the hospitality industry too, is this spirit mm-hmm. of cooperation. When we would travel for new hotel openings or renovations and really get under the hood to try to identify the unique selling points for what the that hotel would have, I was really shocked that we would go to competitor hotels, not secretly, and have the hotel teams there show us around. And we would do the same for them once our hotel was open. And that would allow us to say, oh, okay, their suites are bigger than ours, but our pool is better than theirs or or whatnot. So it's how can you not misrepresent yourself to your customers? You want to know, yes, we have suites, but I'm not going to you know, put all of our focus on that because we know next door has better suites than us, but actually work together because they're is plenty of room for all of us. There's there's room for all of us as investors and there's room for all of us as hotels and short-term rentals. Within the Marriott portfolio, they now have 30 brands. And depending on the trip that you're taking, you might stay at different brands. You know, I'm someone who really does love W Hotels, particularly for like a girl's trip or something. But when I'm traveling with my family, I might prefer to stay at a St. Regis, for example, because I know that they'll cater to families more. I think the same is true between hotels than short-term rentals. Depending on the type of trip and who you are traveling with, there are going to be some trips where you want a hotel and there's going to be some trips where you want a short-term rental. So it's not this dog-eat-dog of who's going to survive. It's their space at the table for all of us. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, that's something that I subscribe to. I teach it. I share it with my students all the time is having an abundance mindset. There is enough business for all of us to go around. And I believe like you, that it can be much more powerful when you collaborate with other people, when you support one another, because one plus one equals three in that scenario. And I loved hearing that, you know, working in the hotel world, you would go tour you know, competitors in the area and give each other tours. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I think we should all learn from that. So cool. I was really surprised by that because I had started my career in the fashion industry. And let's just say we weren't, you know, sharing designs between the fashion houses. (laughs) So to see that, you know, that spirit of collaboration and, and it really works out because that's, some point, you know, you're going to have a large booking and you're going to be sold out and you're going to need some place to put your overflow guests and vice versa. So you can help yep. each other out. You can learn from each other. You can share, you know, bad experiences to avoid certain guests that, you know, might be causing trouble in the area. And you can share learnings. And, you know, even within the short-term rental space through Instagram, I have met so mm-hmm. many local owners and to be able to ask them, who do you use as your cleaning team or who do you use as your HVAC provider? Um, have you had good or bad experiences? That is just helping me in my business. And if I could do the same for them, why wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had so many experiences where you just hit the nail on the head. We're fully booked. A repeat guest is coming to us asking, you know, if we can house them or house their family. And I'm calling my colleagues in my local market to say, hey, do you have any availability? Or a unit floods and we're fully booked. And, you know, it is truly powerful to build and develop relationships with fellow short-term rental owners in your market. So love that. All right, Katie, I am curious about branding and marketing. I want to go back to that because obviously these large scale hotels have departments 
you know, dedicated to branding and marketing. In addition to doing things like naming your property and understanding what your unique selling proposition is, what are some other ways that you are able to set yourself apart in your local market? And my goal in asking that question is that the listener who is wondering how on earth am I going to set myself apart or my property does look like everybody else's, what do I do? I'm curious, you know, if you have any advice for them. Definitely. I think personalization something that we talk about a lot in the hotel world. And the way that I see it is there's personalization to the destination and personalization to the guest. So if we go back to unique selling points and I can take, you know, my property as an example, I am not only putting the design focus onto, you know, what my unique selling points are, but also the amenities that I'm offering my guests. So because I am close to the lake and I know at some point there, my guests are going to be going to the lake. I provide lake towels for them. First of all, that helps them not take my bath towels, but it's also just a nice added touch for them. I also provide a a branded tote bag that they can use to carry those those, um, towels with them. Um, We have a, a cooler that they can take. So just really taking that step to say, if I was here, what are the things that I wouldn't necessarily have with me that are going to um, help me take the next step? Um, Mm -hmm. I can also see at the time of booking who they're traveling with. And if they're traveling with young children, I can, you know, inquire about the ages of the children. I can offer a pack and play or a high chair or a baby gate. And as a mother to a one and a half year old, I know that I do not want to be taking up valuable car space with those items. So if someone is going to provide that to me, that really helps. Um, similarly, we're a pet friendly listing and um, we provide dog bowls, um, a dog towel, even a dog treat. So certain of these things I don't tell my guests about in advance. I don't tell them that I'm leaving them a local bottle of wine and a branded tote bag and a handwritten card. Um, I don't tell them that I'm leaving them a, a dog treat for for their pet. Those are the surprise and delight elements that I I think can really add to a stay, but we don't necessarily need to advertise it because they're not probably going to book my a short-term rental just because I have a, a treat for their dog. However, I do think it makes the pets feel as welcome as the actual guests are as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the risk that we run with personalization is it can go wrong. And I've seen that in the hotel space. A colleague of mine, she used to always travel for a work trip with her dog or a really small dog. And she arrived for a work trip to Paris and found on the pillow that they had made a collage of photos of her and her dog that were available on her Instagram. Something that you think, wow, that's that's so nice. What a, what a special treat. What they didn't realize was the dog had passed away a week before this trip. So something that really took so much effort and heart and time really went so wrong. So I do often weigh, you know, if this goes wrong, how wrong can it go? So my handwritten <laughs> card, I don't actually put my guest name on it because God forbid my cleaners put the wrong card out. That just feels mm-hmm. so bad, but it yeah. is still handwritten. It is saying, you know, welcome to Trout Landing and have a great stay in Lake George. So hopefully it feels like someone's looking after them and, and taking care of them. That is a really, really great point. And I, it, it's funny when you said that, you know, your friend had walked into this set of pictures on the pillow. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 
they're stalking me. Like they're looking at my social media, like, ooh. So, you know, again, I think perception is reality. So I think it's also really important to put yourself in the mindset of the guest. And could there be opportunities where, to your point, this very heartfelt gesture could come across the wrong way, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to go back. I want to just say this. I heard you say lake towels earlier. And it's funny because I own at the beach. So I always call them beach towels. And I'm like, I've never even thought about towels. They're definitely beach towels. towels. <laughs> They're definitely beach towels. But, you know, I'm I'm from Long Island originally. So actually, when my husband first told me about Lake George, I was very skeptical about the concept of a lake. If you've ever been to the beach on Long Island, I don't it's not Turks and Caicos. So it wasn't really coming from a, you know, a high bar. Um, But Lake George is really special and spectacular. It is crystal clear and the landscape is just absolutely stunning. And we do have beaches at the lake, but as a proper Island girl, I I will still call them lake towels (laughs) instead of beach towels. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. I want to move into the topic of culture. And, you know, one of the things that, again, I teach to my students inside of our accelerator program is building out core values for your short-term rental business. Again, whether you have one property or a hundred properties, I feel like core values are incredibly important. And, And building a culture of excellence is something that I'm very passionate about with my team as well. I'm curious in the hotel world, how important is culture and how does that play out in the day-to-day? It is incredibly important for the brands who do it well. The Ritz-Carlton, I think, is probably the gold standard in that. Mm -hmm. And that would be a topic of conversation in every single Ritz-Carlton meeting. Um, so what many people may not know is Ritz-Carlton actually provides all associates a credo card, which really talks to the standards of, you know, really taking care of their guests. And it's pocket-sized, and it's something that every single hotel associate has on them every shift that they're working. Um, and at the beginning of the day at, at a hotel, um, most teams have what they call a stand-up meeting, where everyone who's working that shift comes together and kind of talks about who's checking in, anything that they need to be aware of, any events that are going on. And in the Ritz-Carlton, they actually recite that credo together as a, as a reminder of what they're there to do. That brand also allows and empowers their associates to have a small budget per guest to then go above and beyond. So I've heard stories of a family coming to town and staying at a certain Ritz-Carlton hotel for a ballet Um, and the associate going out on their lunch hour and purchasing a a little ballerina doll and leaving it on the pillow for the daughter. Um, For myself, when I used to travel a lot, I would always send postcards to my nephews. They live in New Jersey, and I really wanted to share that love of travel with them. So I would go out and I'd find a postcard and I'd Google a fun fact because I wanted it to be educational about the destination. And it was almost kind of a litmus test for me with every single hotel, because after I'd write it, I'd go to the front desk and I would say, um, can you mail this for me? And depending on the hotel brand or, or level that I'd be staying at, you'd get some reactions of yes, if you go get a stamp or, you know, the mailbox is down the road. But with Ritz-Carlton, it was always like, sure. And I imagine that, you know, they used 
a few cents of that budget to purchase a stamp and pop that in in the mailbox for me. And it was something that really meant a lot to me. And that's just, you know, one tiny example, but how brands can make you feel special and make you feel individual. You're not just one of a hundred checking in that day. You are Katie here for the ballet with your daughter. Mm -hmm. I love that. I just got finished reading Unreasonable Hospitality. And friends, if you have not read that book, it is a must read for anyone in the hospitality industry, whether you're working in a hotel, in a restaurant, in a short-term rental you know, perspective. It's amazing. And to your point, they i won't i won't give away the the entire book but they really focused on delivering personalized um hospitality to each and every guest and you know again they did have a budget for it in their restaurant um but doing that at scale and i think that it is such an amazing and often overlooked fact is that each of our guests are, have personalities, they have needs, they have desires, they have a reason that they're traveling. And when we set our minds in the frame of, I want to surprise and delight this guest, they are the focus of my attention, not the property, your whole world kind of shifts when Absolutely. you've got that focus. So, And we also have personalities too. And mm -hmm. I think that that you know, hotels do this well through their associates. So, you know, building relationships with the concierge or the bartender and really getting to know people on that personal level and them getting to know you as the guest. But what I thought a lot about when I first, you know, had my Airbnb listing is originally I was thinking my profile picture and my name would be Trout Landing and my logo. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, actually, it's Katie. Katie is the mm -hmm. one who's hosting you. First of all, I do believe that guests take better care of our properties when they know it's Stacy's house or mm -hmm. Katie's house versus mm -hmm. when it's an entity, a faceless mm -hmm. entity that owns it. So my profile photo is a picture of me and my husband and our daughter in front of Lake George. Um, all of the conversations are with me as the person and also sharing personal stories too, which, you know, coming from hotels, I was a bit more I should be professional and, you know, this is all about them. But when I have a guest say, oh, we're coming to celebrate my dad's 60th birthday, I do think it builds a relationship when I say, here are some things that I did with my dad for his 70th birthday that he really enjoyed. And it sounds like your dad might enjoy this too. Love that. Love it. Love it. So good. So good. Okay, Katie, I want to ask you with your experience from the hotel side of the business and entering into the world of short-term rentals, what is something that has surprised you along the way? What is it that when you launched your short-term rental or have hosted guests, what is something that you've encountered that's been unexpected? I would say that from the listing perspective, it's interesting to me how many hosts don't necessarily treat this as a business. Um, something as simple as professional photos. And I know they cost money, though I do think that there are solutions to that as well. But that is our front line. That is what makes people interested in spending money with us, right? And so really taking the time and the care to get those right is super important. The other thing like from 
you know, to counteract the cost is coming from the hotel side. I'm very aware of the value that I can provide. So when I would work with social media influencers or content creators, yes, they are providing me a service, but I'm providing them a, a hotel stay in a, in a fantastic hotel. Similarly, now I have a fantastic short-term rental. So if they want to come and stay for a few days on a barter where they can enjoy the property with their family and friends, but in return, hand me some videos or photo assets, that's a wonderful way to really get those perfect assets for my property while also giving them a vacation. So women there as mm -hmm. well. And I think a, an important thing there, just a side note, is to not control those creators in the sense of dictating exactly what angles and what photos they will take. Of course, there are certain times when they come and I say, okay, I don't have any winter shots yet, or I'm looking for aerial photos, or I really want to celebrate the fall foliage, but then let them run with it. Because if you've selected the right people, they're going to deliver content that is even better than someone who is less creative like myself could imagine. The other thing that surprised me is that mostly people are good too. And I try to assume good intent with every guest as opposed to going into this and thinking, oh, what part of my house are they going to ruin or what nefarious activities are they going to be up to while they're staying? Um, and by and large, knock on wood, we haven't really had the big bad experiences that I was very worried about when we first got mm -hmm. started. I love that. I love that. And yeah, I totally agree. 99.9% .9 of our guests are fabulous people. They are a delight to host. Of course, every once in a blue moon, you do stumble on someone that you're scratching your head going, oh boy, I really wish you would have booked somewhere else. I wish you would have booked a Marriott. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to something that you just said about working with influencers. And you said when you select the right people, I'm curious, how does one know if they've selected the right influencer? What type of thought process should they be going through? Especially again, thinking and knowing that they're, you know, someone that has one property or two properties, they don't have the the team around them to run data on influencers and and have have all the professionalism around utilizing influencers for marketing how can they do that on a on an amateur basis shall we say and i don't mean not be professional but i think you get what i'm saying like they've never done it before absolutely and i think there are different needs and deliverables so exactly as you touched on at hotels we have teams and um technology that can tell us, you know, how many, not only how many followers they have, but what their engagement rate is and, you know, how many click-throughs they're having. And we have Google analytics and all of these sophisticated algorithms to tell us if someone is or isn't correct for us. For me, I'm thinking about my need is not necessarily growing my following base, but my need is content right now. Because as we touched on, whether it's through my social media page, my Airbnb listing, my Verbo, or my own website where I don't have book direct, but I do just have, you know, a page that you can get to know the, the property a bit more. I really need to show you what this property is and what it isn't, I think, which is also important. So the people that I've looked at 
don't have massive followings necessarily, but they really have an incredible creative eye when it comes to photography and videography. They're also the people who are open to these barter exchanges. Sometimes the people with the millions of followers are going to require payment. And at a certain point, that might be valuable for you, but it's not something that's currently in my budget to be able to do. So really thinking about what is your goal at the end of the day? Um, maybe it's you want someone who has a really strong local reach, um, someone who, if, if you have a, a strong drive market, someone who is um, influential within that kind of hour radius is more important to you than necessarily how many people they have following them. Such great advice. Such great advice. I love it. I also want to just give a quick shout out before we move to the lightning round that if you're listening to Katie thinking, wow, this lady like knows her stuff, I want to tell you, you can come see her at the Short-Term Rental Virtual Summit for Women. Katie is doing a workshop called From Five-Star Hotels to Five-Star Rentals, Mastering Branding and Marketing Strategies from luxury hotel brands. And I know I am so excited about, you know, the attendees at the summit being able to learn from you. So I just want to give you a quick shout out, Katie, and, and let you know how much I appreciate you bringing this education uh, to the attendees. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so excited. We've literally only scratched the surface today on as to what we'll dive into that day. And that summit, everything that you've done for short-term rental hosts is is absolutely fantastic and so valuable for people, whether they're experienced or just getting started. I love that. Okay. Well, I thank you for the kind words. Um, it is, it is <laughs> really a pleasure and a delight for me. And it's great to hear that it's been helpful and, and you see value in it as well. Okay, girl, I want to move to the lightning round. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions, and this will be fast, but I'm going to ask you to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? I am not just saying this because this is where my short-term rental is, but I really do love Lake George. I'm a huge traveler, and so I love going new places, but for some place to go back to... I just think Lake George has this really special blend of incredible bars, restaurants, breweries, wineries, but with none of the pretentiousness that mm -hmm. often come with good quality F&B outlets. Mm -hmm. um, and as someone who has lived for a long time in New York City and unfortunately uh, see these destinations uh, become that way, it's really rare and it's really special and it just makes you feel so relaxed when you're there. So cool. All right. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? I am dying to go to the Philippines. Every photo that I've seen of the countless beaches there look like something off of a screensaver. Um, <laughs> I would love to sit in a beach chair and read a hundred books with uh cocktails in my hand. So I'll probably have to wait until my daughter's a bit older for that one. But one day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That I was going to say, um, I too have seen just gorgeous pictures of the Philippines. So I, and I also have a, a lot of team members that live there. So when you go, let me know. I might Perfect. tag along and Let's head to the beach her. and also have a business meeting. Okay. 
What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting your short-term rental? So many things, but to give, I I guess, a bit of a tactical answer, um, I didn't really understand, and I still am on a quest to understand um, the ins and outs of the SEO algorithm of Airbnb and similar OTAs. So what I understand now is when you are a new listing, you get this boost for three days. And it is much easier to maintain your ranking from that time on versus having to build back to that ranking. So that is something I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, reading books about to try to understand a bit more about how I can optimize my own listing. Love that. Love that. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I started my career working in the fashion industry and I worked for this incredible woman who taught me so many things. And I became very close with her and her husband during that time. And when she was leaving her business, uh, leaving the business, um, her husband said to me and a colleague, you girls will always be successful because you know how to figure things out. And I remember we laughed at the time. I think we were like 23 years old. And he said, why are you laughing? And we said, because that's like a prerequisite everyone knows how to figure things out. And then he laughed and he said, oh, you would be surprised. And I particularly think in the real estate world, there's this imposter syndrome of everyone has more money to invest or more knowledge than me or comes from circumstances that set them up better for this than I. And I think back to that conversation with him a lot of, you know what, if I try hard enough, I will figure it out. So good. So good. Everything is figure outable. Everything. Yes. And yes, I think I love that. I think having the mindset that it is figure outable. And and for you, it was probably when he said that to you, it you probably laughed it off like, well, of course, you know, it's just what we do. Um and and to your point, I think a lot of people really struggle with with challenges that come along with feeling like life is happening to them and they're just stuck. I've been there. I've done that. Um, I think once you train your brain that everything is figure outable and you start reverse engineering and uh, manifesting things, life changes dramatically. So, Absolutely. so cool. Okay, Katie, last question. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? It is very cheesy, but I would have to say my daughter, um, going back to what you were doing with, you know, everything being figure outable, she really helps keep things in, in perspective for me. Um, you know, anytime I think things are hard, I, I stop and I think, hang on, my daughter is here and she is healthy and that is all that matters. So not, not to mention, she's just a joy to bring around, be around and really bring so much happiness well, to my life. And what is her name? Her name's Nora. She's named after my grandmother. Oh, I love that. So she cool. is I want to see wild. pictures of Nora sometime. <laughs> She's a wild child. That's awesome. Katie, again, I just want to tell you what a delight you are. Um, I am so excited about getting to know you. And I'm so excited to have you speaking at the summit. Again, just thank you so much. And again, a quick shout out, come see Katie 
From five-star hotels to five-star rentals, mastering branding and marketing strategies from luxury hotel brands, Katie is delivering. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Stacey. It was such a pleasure to be here. And thank you for everything you do for us as STR hosts. Now, before you go, I just want to encourage you to grab your ticket for the short-term rental virtual summit for women. Ladies, we have just a few days left. It is starting on January 23rd, and it runs through January 25th, 2024. Grab your ticket at strvirtualsummit.com right now, and I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Now, before you go, I just want to give a quick shout out to some of the amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just a few days ago, Missy Smith Berry posted, how does everyone handle garbage? Our lawn guy handles our garbage at our other properties, but our newest property is beyond his territory. Garbage is paid through city taxes, fines given if put out too early or taken in too late. I don't like asking guests to do chores, not to mention if I did, they may forget. And we have had 35 women jump in and share their feedback and one quick, um, one quick comment that I want to share that just made me smile came from Heather Stanbro. And Heather shared, at one of our properties, we pay the neighbor to handle garbage. At the other one, where there isn't garbage pickup available, we swing by once a week and pick it up and take it to the dump. And by we, I mean my husband. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't know why that made me smile, Heather, but it sure did. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. I hope you have an amazing week and I cannot wait to see you soon. Hey, sister, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.